0: Hey, welcome home to Cassidy. My name is Stephen Mitchell, and it is a great privilege for me to be here with you to be able to celebrate what God is doing, has done, and continues to do in and through us, his church. In this specific context known as Cassidy, we're just excited that God is moving and allowing us to partner with him to go and be different in the world around us to celebrate what God has done, but also to be part of the movement of God right here and right now, that God is calling us to live differently, calling us to love people where they are and to move in his world on his behalf. And so if you are new here, I just wanted to say you are welcome here. We are so excited that you have chosen to spend some of your time in celebration and worship of who God is and what God is calling us to do. We're excited because we want for you to come to know the radical love and grace of Jesus Christ. We recognize we're not perfect, but we know the one who is and that's Jesus, and we want desperately to know him better, to be made more and more like him. And we want to invite you on a journey, whether you're joining us physically or you're joining us online, we want to invite you on a journey with us to grow in relationship with God, grow in relationship with one another, and to go into the world sharing that love and grace, to live differently on behalf of Jesus Christ, so that we can make a difference in this world for Jesus. And maybe you're catching on to the theme. We're starting a brand new worship series this morning, uh, this day, called uh, Different. And the whole idea is to live differently. What, What does it mean to live differently? And we're going to be taking a look at this through the lens of a book called First Peter. Uh, it's a letter actually that was written by Peter. Peter was uh, one of Jesus' disciples when Jesus was doing his earthly ministry uh, before he was crucified and resurrected. Uh, he's one of the disciples. The man, he was actually Jesus' number one right hand man, uh, and then after the resurrection, Jesus empowers Peter to be the head of the church. And so Peter uh, starts in Jerusalem and builds the church there. And then Peter goes to Rome to the seat of the empire, the Roman empire, and and, uh, is in charge of the churches there. Church tradition says he was the first bishop of Rome. And so he gets to Rome uh, and then crazy things start happening. The new emperor, a guy named Nero, uh, hates The Christians. And the reason for his hatred is because these Christians have a different political view than Nero wants them to. They believe, the Christians believe, that no other king should be worshiped or praised above Jesus, that Jesus, their king, was the king that was also God, and, and Nero wanted the people to fall in line and, and worship and serve him or the empire. And instead, these Christians had the audacity to love God above everything else and to say, we're here to serve God. Uh, we will not, not, uh, not so that we can be raised up and elevated and have great position, but because God has done something new in and through Jesus Christ and invited us into his family. And who are we to say no to that? And so Nero hates the Christian movement, these early Christians and, and, uh, it it begins a campaign of persecution. And then historians believe that Nero started a fire in Rome because he wanted some of the property. So he starts a fire in Rome to get that property, but cleverly he blames the Christians. And so this begins a brand new movement of persecution where there's even executions and martyring that is going on where people are being murdered because of their faith in Jesus and refusing to submit to the Roman authorities. And, and so they're being executed and murdered and tortured and their property is being taken from them and they're being sent to prison. And none of this None of this makes sense to them because they, they, they want to know why things are going so poorly. And, and so Jesus, or so Jesus through Peter, sends this letter to the churches in Asia that, that this persecution is taking place in. And so he writes this letter uh, to let them know that, hey, God is with you even in the brokenness, that different, being different is hard. Uh, But God is right there with you and wants you to uh, remain strong, remain steadfast, and to remain faithful even in the face of persecution. And, and so we're going to take a look at living differently uh, in this world, right here and right now. But some of the lessons that Peter teaches to that church, the churches in Asia, are also lessons that we can take, that we can live into, that we can say, "Hey, I want to embrace that, so that I can be made more and more like Jesus." And so, uh, in order to start differently. I'm going to encourage you. If you have a Bible, go ahead and grab that thing. Uh, if you have your Bible app, go ahead and open it up to First Peter. For those of you that have a physical Bible, First Peter is in the back of the New Testament. Actually, you go all the way to the last book, which is Revelation, and go back four more books and you'll reach 1 Peter. So all the way to the end and then back up just a little bit and you'll get to 1 Peter. I just wanted to let you know, if you don't have a Bible uh, and you want a physical copy of the Bible, let us know. Whether you're in person here or whether you're online, just let us know and we will get a copy of the Bible to you. Uh, We believe that the Bible should be made accessible to everybody uh, and we want you to have that. If you only have an app, go ahead and do that. I just believe that uh, sometimes the physical Bible is a little bit good, uh, a lot of bit good. And, and so I'm gonna encourage us to do this. Uh, and it's something different. So let's also... Uh, out, out of respect for the reading of God's word, let us rise to our feet, all those who are able, whether you're at home or whether you're here, let's just go ahead and stand if we can uh, for the hearing of this reading. And it's, we're going to read from 1 Peter chapter 1, and we're going to start at 13 and go through verse 17. So read with me uh, the, these words from the letter that Peter wrote. Therefore, with minds that are alert and fully sober set your hope on the grace to be brought to you when Jesus Christ is revealed at his coming as obedient children do not conform to the evil desires you had when you once lived in ignorance as in ignorance but just as he who called you is holy so be holy in all you do for it is written be holy because I am holy. Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. Be holy as I am holy. Uh, Thanks be to God for the reading of his word, and may he add his blessing to the reading of his word. Before we have a seat, I'm going to challenge you to be a little bit different. Look around. Uh, if you're physically here, look for two or three people you can high five and say, "Hey, you're different." If you're at home, you really want to be different. High five yourself. It could be called clapping, but high five yourself and 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 just acknowledge that you're different uh, because Jesus makes us different. I, I think honestly, one of the biggest obstacles in Our desire to be more like Jesus is our need to blend in. We believe that we want to blend in more than we want to stand out. And, and the reason is is because we've been trained for that. I mean, if, if, you, if you ever notice somebody that is different, somebody that's wearing different clothing or their hair is different, uh, it catches our attention. And it immediately in my head, I'm like, I wonder what's going on there. Uh, maybe you are like, ah, that's weird. I don't know. Uh, but it catches our attention and they stand out. And, and we're like, man, I'm glad I'm not doing that. And far too frequently, I think that is one of the obstacles for us growing in our relationship with God. And the reason that I think that is because God didn't create us to blend in. God created us to stand out. God's desire for us is to be noticed for the building of God's kingdom, to stand out for Jesus Christ. We have been set apart to live differently so that we are noticed by others and that through that they give glory to God. It's, it, it's crazy. And what, what really I struggle with the most is our desire to be what we term normal. We all want to be normal. We all desire to be normal. What's hilarious is that normal is pretty jacked up. I mean, if we think about it, what's so great about being normal? Normal is filled with brokenness. It's filled with hurting. It's filled with stress. It's filled with anxiety. It's filled with confusion. It's filled with fear. Normal carries all of the brokenness of this world. And yet each and every one of us strive to be normal. Instead of standing out, we pursue normalcy. Instead of being a beacon of light for the kingdom of God, we conform to the patterns of this world. Jesus says, wide is the road and broad is the gate that leads to destruction It's easy to get to be normal. You just have to blend in. You just have to walk in the the large road and then go through the broad gate because that's what the world convinces us that we should do. But Jesus also says narrow is the road and small is the gate that leads to righteousness, to salvation, to life. And so my desire in this process, in this journey we are on called different is to understand how we can live differently, how we can get on the narrow path, the path less traveled, the path that leads to life so that we can stand out and be uh, an example for the world. Not just uh, so that we look like we're doing the right things, but instead so that we, uh, with all of our being, are offering over to God who we are so that we can stand out because inside and out we're faithful followers of Jesus. And that's harder uh, to to do than it is to say because it's easy to look good on the outside. It's much more difficult uh, to allow that transformation to go deep within us. And Maybe you have had experiences like this, but I remember when I was, uh, I, my, my kids were still in middle school. My, my son was in middle school. My daughter was in elementary school, and my son was going to be in a church play. And so it was Sunday morning before we were headed to church, and, and uh, my son, had, we, we had bought him, crazy thing, uh, a new piece of, of gear for him to wear, which was known as a belt, uh, because he was going to tuck his shirt in and wear a belt and it was crazy. Uh, so we had gone uh, and bought him a belt. And, and that morning, Alex brings me the belt and he's like, dad, I can't get the tag off. I, I don't know if you realize this, but belt manufacturers for some unknown reason, unfathomable reason, uh, put on this, this, this plastic tag that is almost impossible to remove, Yeah, it's easy to hang up, but man, you can't get that sucker off. And, and my son brings it to me, and I'm like, okay, and I'm trying to pull it, not working. I tried using my teeth, not working, and I was like, man, this thing's got to come across. And I'm standing in the kitchen, so what do I do? I reach for a knife. And I draw the knife out, and I'm holding the belt buckle this way, and I have the knife this way, and I'm cutting downward. Many of you see where this is going. It's not going to end well. And I look at my son, and in my moment of genius, I tell him, son, don't ever do this. And my daughter is now in the kitchen, and I have this great audience of people, and I'm cutting into this plastic. And sure enough, exactly what I am warning my son about takes place. It goes through that last piece of the hard plastic, and suddenly there's no resistance, and the knife goes down and cuts my knuckle. I still have a scar on it where I got three stitches put into my hand because I sliced my knuckle to the bone, and I'm sitting there, and the pain suddenly sears through me, and instead of just screaming out in pain, I utter a magical word right before church in the presence of my babies. I say the mother of all cuss words. And and in that moment, uh, I I was in so much confusion and pain and frustration because I knew that I had done this to myself, and I couldn't go back in time, uh, that, that what came out of me was really what was inside me all along. And I realized, hey, I... I am different on the outside, but on the inside, there is still some work that needs to be done. Jesus accuses the Pharisees of being whitewashed tombs. On the outside, you look right, but on the inside, you're full of dead men's bones. And and Jesus calls us to live differently, not to be hypocritical, not to say things, uh, to believe that Jesus calls us to one thing and live different to that, but instead to live different for Jesus inside and out, surrendering over who we are so that we can be like Jesus. Now, most people uh, in the world are going to say, well, you cut yourself pretty bad, so it's okay that you said those things. But for me, I want to live differently. And I want to be a model for my children. And so in that moment, I just realized how much work I had to do. Peter says it this way, as obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. But just as he who has called you is holy, so be holy in all you do. For it is written, be holy because I Am holy. (laughs) We need to be holy inside and out, and we can't confuse happiness with holiness. I, I think so many of us do that. We we believe that God's greatest desire for our lives is for us to be happy. That God wants us to be happy, and the truth is this: God's desire for us is not our happiness, but our holiness. Be holy as I am holy. Not be happy because I am happy. Be holy. The reason behind that is because if we are trying to have God uh, deal with our happiness or provide us happiness, happiness is based on happenings. What is happening around us? Happiness is based on situations. Happiness is based on the things that are going on in the world and and things that are beyond our control don't always bring us happiness. And and we start to develop, if we allow it, this theology of happiness, uh, which leads to personal justification that we believe that we can be justified in anything we do as long as it makes us happy. You, you have a little bit of trouble in your marriage, you're unhappy in your marriage, you just leave. You have a difficult situation at work where you could stand firm in your faith or you buckle and bow down to whatever's going on and you buckle and bow down because it won't make you happy or you, you see something and you believe and buy into the commercial that says you deserve it that new truck, that new vacation, whatever it is, you deserve it. You can't afford it, but you really should because you should be happy. <laughs> Thinking that God wants you happy above all uh, runs the risk of putting you into a place where you, uh, you, any, any discomfort, any risk-suffering Anything that goes on that causes you to be unhappy suddenly becomes not God's will. And if that's the case, we begin to worship the false gods of comfort, money, pleasure, and things. We begin to buy in to the world. We forget what Jesus said through Peter. We forget that we need to not hold on to the things of this world, but instead to release them and to allow God to do something different. I mean, if we, if we are embracing a theology of happiness, then God serves me. If, if God just wants me to be happy, then it's whatever whim I am after, God serves me. But if we're trying to be holy, then I serve God. Holy, uh, sometimes we can get confused with that word because uh, we can think it means something bigger than it does. Really, it comes from the Greek hagios, and, and it just means set apart, different, separate, pure. It is for a specific purpose. We are called, we are called to be different. Not to embrace the patterns of this world, but instead to go against them And stand out to be different. As obedient children, do not conform to the evil desires you had when you lived in ignorance. Don't be like the world. Don't fall for it. Don't slip into sin. Don't stumble and fall into temptation. I love that we use those terms, right? You can slip or fall into sin or temptation, What's interesting is you can't slip or fall into holiness. Holiness takes work. Holiness takes discipline. Holiness takes effort because you have to surrender yourself so that God can do a work in you because your default broken self wants to embrace what everybody else is doing, to line up and be normal just like the rest of them, to walk on that wide road and, and so frequently, so frequently. Now, whether it's in the church or outside of the church, we tend to look at the world and to, to see what they're doing and hold that as our, our bar, our standard of measure. We compare ourselves to the others in this world and we're like, hey, I'm not that bad. I don't do those things. So I am so much greater than that. But the truth is, others are not our standard of measure. Jesus is. And so if we look to Jesus and we say, Jesus, how am I doing in relationship with you? How am I doing in looking more like you? How am I doing in being called to stand out or being different? How am I doing? A lot of us will realize, hey, we're not as far along as we want to be we're not as far along as we want to be. And so I've got some questions for reflection for us, some things that we can think about. You don't have to raise your hand. These are, these are just so you can think through with me. And the first is this, do I stand out for Jesus? Do others notice me because of my faith, not because I'm being super annoying, trying to beat people over the head with their, uh, with scripture verses or anything like that, but because of the love that I have within me, are they noticing Jesus and able to give glory to God because of what I do, how I live, how I stand out. And the second is, what are three areas I struggle most trying to fit in? Where do I want to blend in? Where do I want to look like everybody else? Where do I want others to see me just as one of the guys or one of the girls? Where do I want to be on that wide road? Because that should cause us pause and concern because Jesus says, hey, I want you to be different. And so, what does it look like? Where are those three areas? Uh, maybe this is a better question for you. When was a time I put my happiness above God's call for holiness? When was a time that what I wanted for me to be happy said no to God? in service. Said no to God where God was calling me. Said no to God in the Holy Spirit doing a work within me. Said no to God for the purpose that he had for me. And finally, what is the area that God wants me to be different? Where is God calling me to be different? Where is God calling me to live differently, to stand out, to be noticeable? God calls you and me to be holy. And, and so we can hear that and we can think, why? What is the purpose? Why, why should I be holy? Why can't I be happy? Maybe that's a struggle that we have is, is trying to figure out how come we can't have both. And I think the truth is this, that when we truly are holy, that we will be happy. Um, and so it's not that God desires not for us to be happy. It's just that the path to happiness goes through Holiness. And so if we want to be happy truly, then it means that we need to seek after God's holiness. Peter says it this way, for you know that it was not with perishable things such as silver or gold that you were redeemed from the empty way of life handed down to you from your ancestors. You know that it wasn't something you have done that got you uh, the gift of Jesus Christ, but it was with the precious blood of Christ, a lamb without blemish or defect. He was chosen before the creation of the world, but was revealed in these last times for your sake. Through him, you believe in God who raised him from the dead and glorified him. And so your faith and hope are in God. The reason that we want to be holy is because of what God has done for us. It's a response. It's a desire to be made more into that image that God offers to us. God says, I want you to be holy because I have done all of this so that you can be holy. Not because you have done it on your own, but because I have provided for you the Holy Spirit not because you have to, to work to be holy, but because we get to work to allow God's Spirit to make us holy. This isn't behavior modification. It's not trying to teach yourself how to do it. It's spiritual transformation, allowing God to do a great and powerful work within you so that you can be transformed, so that you can be made more and more into the image of God inside And out, so that all of you, every portion of your being is made more into the image of God. The truth is, I think we get things backwards. We believe that holy living is the path to knowing God. We think that if we live holy, that we'll get to know God. And the reality is this: knowing God. Walking with God, allowing God's Holy Spirit to do a work in us is the path to holy living. You want to be more like Jesus, spend more time allowing the Holy Spirit to move in and through you. You want to be more like Jesus, allow God to perfect you in His image. You want to be more like Jesus, allow the Holy Spirit to get to work and be different. Let's pray. Gracious God, We give you thanks and praise for the gift you give us in Jesus, for the hope you offer to us and the life that you promise us. Help us, Lord, to embrace this life, to live differently, to boldly proclaim Jesus once and always, to boldly live for the presence of the Holy Spirit, to move in tandem with you. Let our lives reflect the grace we have received. Let our hearts be poured out before all men so that they might see our Father in heaven and give glory to God. Let us be made more holy in this moment, here and now, surrendered to Jesus so that we can be for the kingdom, in the building process, active and participating, in standing out, living differently, boldly proclaiming the good news that Christ has died, Christ is risen, and that Christ will come again. This world is broken and difficult, but Christ sits on the throne. Let us praise the God of all creation and embrace a holy life. Let's be different. To the glory of God, the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we pray. And all of us agreed and said, amen.